Welcome to the Rainy Leadership Podcast, where we do a deep dive into company culture. Rainy is a car dealership located throughout South Georgia, and we are striving to be the best car company by first being the best care company. And one way that we do that is by meeting every week and talking about company culture. Today, we're going to be diving into the book Culture Rules by Mark Miller. Today's episode is another two-parter with our general manager, Tommy McDonald. Let's dive in. All right. Okay. Well, good morning to you. We'll be on page 163. It really is just the title page for the third third section, which is um, rule number three, which is to adapt. And of course, uh, thank you for uh, being here. Uh, We're starting just a little bit late. You know, I don't want to uh, uh, overpromise and underdeliver. You know, that's what a lot of times preachers do. I'm going to have you out of here by nine. And it's 9.30? No. <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you today. I think it will be rather brief. We're trying to cover a, a lot of material. But listen, I have enjoyed this book. But, you know, you can kind of get bogged down in the details of all the stuff as it kind of gets into the latter part of the book. So um, we're just going to do uh, rule number three today. Of course, rule number one, uh, which we've already talked about, is to aspire, to share your hopes and dreams for the culture. But aspire. Share your hopes and dreams for the culture. We, uh, as you, you know, Rainy Used Cars, our intention is to have a culture of care. I mean, it's, it's more about, it's about caring for the customer. It's about caring for each other. It's about caring about the quality of your work, your performance, uh, everything that we do. If you have a consistent level of care, one of the worst things to hear in any organization or any person to ever say is, I don't care. If that happens in a marriage relationship, it's pretty much over. If it happens in a business relationship, it's pretty much over. Care is essential, and we want to become the greatest car company by being the greatest care company, and that started with an emphasis with taking care of the customer, taking care of the customer. Customer's always right. Let's take care of the customer. One of the things that has developed in a lot of very successful businesses is not just the caring for the customer, that is important, but also caring for the employees, because if you take good care of your employees, uh, the employees take better care of your customers. Well, this is uh, Vicky's been working on this. Um, this was these plants were bought at exactly the same time from exactly the same location. They have just pretty much had two different environments to grow up under. Uh, one of which is trying to take care of it, having it in the correct sunlight, correct nutrition. This one has been hidden in the closet for about three weeks or so now. I don't think this one's going to make it, and it looks like this one is uh, is doing pretty well. So thanks, Vicky had a lot going on today, so she couldn't be here. But that's kind of what happens with um, with culture. If you don't pay attention to it, it'll wither. One of Warren Buffett's greatest quotes is talks about businesses that can wither and things that can cause that to happen. And so, um, very, very important that we uh, care about our culture because it is, we might think of it as unnecessary. It might be mostly invisible, but it'll always just like those two fish swimming along in that water is absolutely essential. We draw our life from it. And if that culture ever crumbles or withers in this company, this company, will follow suit. It's just, a, it's just a fact. But so the aspiration is to take care, uh, to be a caring company, aspire, share your hopes and dreams for the culture. That's one of the cool things about before I ever even got here is that that was already taking place. Uh, number two, and Bob covered aspire and he's also covered amplify and uh, share your hopes and dreams for the culture. Uh, that's not the right subtitle there, but um, 
but it is uh, important that we amplify. It means, for instance, one of the things that's happening this morning as I speak to you is my voice is being amplified because of this microphone so that you can actually hear me. That means to uh, enhance, you know, pr promote the culture, to make it more obvious, to make it evident, to, to not just talk about it, but to live it. I think I've shared with you already that Netflix has a, when they bring people on to their company, they have a presentation that they educate them with. I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's a, a Excel, but it's 120 or 124 slides. It's, I think each slide has four points on it. Can you imagine coming into class today and say, okay, we're going to go through all 120 of these. That'd be pretty extensive. <laughs> but here's what's interesting about Netflix. Y'all know what Netflix is, don't you? Very successful company. Uh, did it just happen? No. It's, it's by design that that company's been successful. And they've had to make some adaptations and changes just like any successful company does. But one of the interesting things is when Mark Miller and his team were doing research, they actually had the privilege of talking with some of the executives at Netflix. And they asked this question of one of their executives. They said, how, basically, I'm just summarizing here, how often do you talk about culture? And the person that was asked this question actually had somewhat of a shocked look on their face. Like, why would you even ask me that? It's every day, almost in every conversation. That's how important it is to that company. Is it important to us? It probably is much more so than we realize. You know, who would have ever thought that just the surroundings would affect two plants so differently? The surroundings in a company, the ambience, um, in a company, the, the culture of a company affects people. So we want to amplify the care factor in everything that we do. And the third thing that we're going to be looking at today is, um, is to adapt, um, is to adapt. Make things better, to make things better by always working to enhance the culture, adapting. Um, I had an interesting experience when I was in the sixth grade. My dad wanted me to be a football player, and uh, he wanted me to be a baseball player as well. And so I grew up throwing a football and throwing a baseball. And by the time I was about five years old, I was wearing, you know, had a baseball glove, bat, that on the little field. When it came to football, I had the little helmet, and I was getting out there. I mean, literally from five or six years of age, I played football. Probably all the way up through um, to the varsity level. I don't won't tell you all of that story, but I remember in the sixth grade something happening very significant. I played for the Albany Raiders. Um, we were the city champions. We beat everybody around. And um, so as a championship kind of game, they had another team that said they were better than us coming from another town for the final. Okay, who's the best? Now, I'll have to ask God when I get to heaven about this, but one of the players on that team had the number 34 on his jersey. I do believe his name was Herschel Walker. I, I Googled it, and I, know, I can't find out for sure, but I remember our coach saying, you have got to convince them that you are tough. He said, just re he had never told us this before a game before. He said, if we can't stop this one guy on this team, we're going to get plowed over. He said, just pick up a handful of dirt and put it in your mouth, chew it up and swallow it when you first get down there on the line and let them know how tough you are. Of course, I didn't do that, but would you not know, 
I was on – we played – listen, we played offense and defense. You know, our, that's just the way our team did. And special teams too. <laughs> so I remember uh, number 34 coming through my slot. First time I ever saw him and realized how big those legs were. He plowed over me like I wasn't even there. Man, I felt like I'd been hit by a pickup truck. I was like, poof, just laid out there. I was like, dang, that is a tough guy. So guess what? The next play was – same spot. Hey, we just ran over that guy. He looks big and tough, but we just plowed right over him. So the next slot, he came through. And listen, I, 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 I'm not trying to fabricate this. I really think it was Herschel Walker. And uh, I won't know until I get to heaven. I haven't been able to figure it out from my Google searching. But I know that's about the time that he started playing football. But anyway, um, just not enough documents for sixth grade football. But anyway, uh, City League. There would be now. Yeah, there would be now. Yeah, that's true. This was, gosh, whew, way back. So, guess what? I was looking for him this time. I didn't know it was going to be the very next play, but I kind of stepped it up a little bit. And so, when he came, to, it was the same play. And then, man, here he comes. And I, I saw it coming. He still plowed over me, but I did get him down. <laughs> I think he drove me about five yards, but I did get him down. What did I do? I adapted. <laughs> I made a little bit of a change. I kind of <laughs> up the ante a little bit and got a better grip when I got popped. But still, that's what, maybe that's not the best illustration, but listen, making changes in what we do is important for survival. I think the one of the sentences that I really, really like, let me see if I can find what page this is, this is on. I can almost quote it, but I'm afraid to try to do so. Yeah, it's on page 173. If you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even less. Uh, Jeff Bezos, one of the things that he gets asked is, what's going to change in the next 10 years? He says, that's one of the most common questions. He said, what's not going to change? He said, I never get asked that question. He said, a lot of things change. And change is not something that we should think of as a bad thing. Making changes is important. Learning to adapt is very, very critical. Bob, things have changed quite a bit from the way that rainy used cars used to be up in the metropolis of Bronwood. I remember, I think I probably told you all this story. You know, I remember Thursday mornings, I'd hear the truck, the two-car hauler truck crank up early in the morning before the sun came up. Bob and Snooks would hop in that truck and head off to Atlanta to go to the auction. And hopefully they would come back with two Buick LeSabres. And they'd put them out there on that little gravel lot, and that was their, that was their car sales. I mean, a lot of adaptations have taken place uh, with the way that Rainey used cars. One little shop, I mean, this thing has just exploded into what it is. So, and a lot of things have taken place, you know, in the company that have changed and made it better. And that's really what we want to do with the culture. And they use, he, uh, Mark uses the illustration of the, the All Blacks rugby team. And how, this is the opening illustration in this section. Bailey, you're the one that brought us that video of the All Blacks. And, the, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't know what, would, what I would do if I were on the opposing team and those All Blacks. How many of y'all seen those, the haka thing that they do? Just so you know, the women's team does it too. Oh, do they? Okay. Yes, it is just as intimidating. I mean, they, they started in like 1903. <laughs> I mean, but they'll get out there, and man, it is like, 
I mean, it's, I mean, I was like, oh my God, if Herschel Walker had gotten out there in the sixth grade, I mean, I probably would have just, if he had done something like that, I'd probably just said, listen, I, he's going to run slam over me. I'm not even going out on the field. That's kind of probably how a lot of them feel, but the, the opposing teams usually try to stand up to it. But now listen, in spite of all of that, I mean, that, it was a, I mean, listen, it was your dream if you lived in New Zealand to be on that team. That was, they were the inspiration for their entire country. That was what, I mean, that's what, that's what young boys wanted to, wanted to be when they grew up. Kind of like when my dad wanted to be, be a football player. Well, but even more so in New Zealand. Well, they did great for a long period of time. But in 2004, they suffered an agonizing defeat. Shocked. Did it happen just, was it, was it a fluke? No. Something had happened internally in the culture of the team that caused them to not pay attention to the changes that needed to be made. Whether it was personal discipline, team discipline, the plays, and they lost to South Africa, the most humiliating defeat I think they probably ever experienced. Um, were the players excited about that? No, so they all went out and got drunk. You know, it turned into just, ugh, you know, terrible. And so it was a terrible time for them. But what did they do? They said, well, that's the end of our era. No, they adapted. They began to make changes to their structure. They began to make changes to their, their team. They began to make individual commitments on a personal level. How many of y'all are Star Wars fans? Are you? Are you really? Okay. You too? Okay. Anybody else? By marriage. Huh? By marriage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I really wasn't either. What's that? Okay. Uh, Yoda. Do you know any quotes by Yoda? I only know one. <laughs> huh? Okay. Do or do not. There is no try. You know who I've heard first say that? Well, I first read it and I heard John Tehran say it. I was like, hmm, way of the Jedi. <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. One of the things that the All Blacks changed, I'm just summarizing what's in the book here, was that it was things I do today. And they had different levels, seven or eight different levels for each individual. It changed on an individual level. They made some adaptations to it. Listen, they were committed, but they just got off target just a little bit. And I think two of the things that it mentions was that caused them to, they believe, lose like they did was number one, apathy. Y'all remember what the second one was that was listed? Entitlement. What is it? What, what's, well, let's go, let's go to apathy. What's apathy? Lack of concern. Okay. Don't care. Effort. Don't care. Yeah. Yes. Don't care. We have people that come to work today, to the, today in this organization that don't care. Well, is it one of the things you said probably is probably the worst thing to have? I just want to get through the day <laughs> mentality. We have people that are on board on the team. Yeah, unfortunately. But is that a good attitude to have? You're going to be successful Is the rugby team, the All Blacks, are they going to be successful if they have one team member out there that doesn't care? No. But that's what had crept in, this I don't care attitude. Whether it was the individual discipline, 
Now, listen, I don't like that play. I don't like the, the structure of the games. I don't like where we're going to play. I don't like the schedule. And I'm just going to pitch a fit. And, you know, and slowly but surely that affected the culture of that team. And listen, this, we, we don't quite understand. Maybe may we do a little bit. You're a big Atlanta Braves fan. I mean, I am, I am too. Do y'all remember Atlanta Falcons? Oh, gosh. <laughs> he, he actually... <laughs> uh, what happened in the Super Bowl when they played? Can't talk about it. <laughs> still, still too soon. Yeah, I really cannot. If I see it on TV, I can't watch it. Yeah. Are you talking about twenty-eight to three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was. I mean, I was so excited for them. I mean, I was watching that game and I was like, "Man, finally the Atlanta Falcons are going to win a Super Bowl!" Oh my goodness! And then it just. I guess it was somewhere in the end of third quarter that it started. Maybe I shouldn't. Okay, he doesn't want to talk. He really doesn't want to talk about it. So that started to change, and. Uh, in the in the game, and I, I remember seeing a video clip, and I, I couldn't hear what the the gentleman said. It was a Falcons player, and they had just scored, and twenty eight to three, and they were just like, "Whoa, we got this!" Man, and the the body language of this particular player was like on the sideline. He's a, blabbing about something. You could tell it was like this totally arrogant. We got this, man. We're the best team ever. If we don't, well, guess what happened? <laughs> That's right, Tom Brady. And listen, the video clip of the, if I remember right in my little brain here, the video clip of this Falcons guy just being all pumped up was followed by Tom Brady sitting on the sidelines with his head down. And I was like, man, that is so strange to see. But guess what? He didn't keep his head down. They made some changes. But I believe what happened with the Falcons, they got a little, a little bit apathetic. There's no way in one quarter they can come back and outscore us what they did. And they beat them. One of the most devastating come-from-behind defeats probably in any Super Bowl in history at the hands of, you know, the Atlanta Falcons. So, um, so that was apathy, but also entitlement. Now, what does entitlement mean? That's what happened. Yeah, okay. Kind of like those two fish swimming in the water. <laughs> we don't even realize what, what all, the, all the benefits and blessings there are of being in this company. And listen, I'm not saying we should be uh, agents or want to be people of change just for change's sake. I mean, Lisa, you guys have been going through a few little challenges with the change that's ongoing right now, just started. That, and well, I say it just started, it actually started some time ago with changing the payroll system. <laughs> That's why Vicky's not here today. Some of the, the wrinkles with rolling that out. Now, why are we doing that? Are we doing it just so we can have a different, so we got a different pay, payroll system? No. We're doing it to make what? Make change. things, make change, make, make things better. Yeah, it will. Now, is it, it's been very difficult. I mean, you've been on the road. Vicky's been on the road. A lot of questions, probably a lot of criticism that we don't know about. But I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Thank you. Thank you all for being on the front end of making a change. Listen, making changes is not easy. We talked about Ford Motor Company and some of the changes that, that they hired a, a daggum aviation 
expert to come in and run a motor company with Ford when they were projected to lose. Y'all remember the amount they were projected to lose? We talked about this last time I was here. $18 billion. And so it wasn't a Henry Ford ancestor that came in there, but one of them had enough sense to say, hey, we need to make, we need to make a change. They adapted, made that change. And in just a few years, they were profitable again to the tune of, I think, the first time they turned a profit, it was, there was $6.6 billion in the positive. So, making changes. Listen, Bob, if <clears throat> Audrey said, and Thomas had you come in their office and said, hey, we're going to lose, you know, $8 million this year. <clears throat> Think you'd be making any changes? Yep. <laughs> but you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And so um, I'm so thankful for the, you know, Zach and the people that keep up with the numbers and Thomas and Audrey crunching the numbers, Mike in the insurance department. Man, there's just so, so every, every person that has an incredible uh, importance level here in this in this company and to make it successful. And it's something we have to be very careful of. The culture, which you also got to look was one of the th things from the, the book, Good to Great, confront the brutal facts. Brutal facts. Sometimes you just got to you gotta see, where you, see where you are. And so we're very, very um, disciplined and, and paying attention to that. But culturally speaking, culturally speaking, with the all blacks, they made some changes. They made some serious changes. They actually had this 100-year-old chant that they would do but that was kind of considered almost like sacred. But what did they do? They wrote another one with a renewed commitment. They didn't, ever, they didn't do completely away with them, and they still quote the old one, but they also quote the new one, and I'm not going to read it to you. It's in the book. But they made some cultural changes, and it was on an individual basis, it was on a structural basis, and it was on a team basis. It went throughout the organization, and they have won 77% of their games since making that change. They could have just gone and said, you know, we don't know what happened. You know, we thought, you know, we thought it was, we were just always going to be the champions, but they did not. And neither can we in the, in the business world have that mentality. We must be willing to always work to enhance the culture. Um, we must diligently monitor, enhance the culture. This is in the middle of page 173, just above the line I read to you earlier. What is that next word that's in italics? Do y'all see that? It's uh, first. What's that? Forever. What's that mean? Forever means without end. <laughs> okay. As long as this business is in existence, we'll be working. If we're going to be successful, listen, we have been. Thank God. This is one of. I mean, people like Rainy used cars. I saw somebody. I think we were in. Boston, and uh, somebody from the Valdosta area said, yeah, man, I saw a rainy car down in Valdosta the other day. Y'all must be a pretty big organization. Listen, I am proud to be a part of such a, such a wonderful group, such a wonderful company, and I, I might have already told y'all this. I, Joey and I went to a little play down in Colquitt called Swamp Gravy. You know what Swamp Gravy? Ever been to Swamp Gravy? Okay. How many, how many y'all been? You been? Okay. Little country play thing. Walked outside. Katie and Mark went with us. We walked outside and standing out there talking to them just before we parted ways and went home. Doggone, there wasn't a, rain, a car with a rainy tag on it right close to where I was parked. I was like, ha! <laughs> In Colquitt, Georgia. Now, listen. 
having a tag, the name on it, on the car doesn't, uh, is not the epitome of success, but what we do in this building, what we do in our relationships with each other, the way that we handle ourselves, the way we take care of people, that is what makes us successful in Mexico. We don't want to just be get, get bigger. We don't have more dealerships and more cars on the road. We want to be better from the inside out. What happened with all blacks, that it was a, I think the, the phrase in the book is there was a rot from within. Can that happen to us? Yeah. Can we become apathetic? Absolutely. That's a challenge every single day. Can we think that we're entitled to this? Well, I deserve this. The reality of the matter is none of us really do. If we're honest, we really don't deserve. Like those two fish swimming in the water, they didn't really deserve that. And you realize what they had. Sometimes we're that way too. But uh, if we're going to be the kind of company that we need to be, we need to continue to adapt, continue to make change. We hope as you listen to this podcast, it'll motivate and challenge your team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Rainy Leadership Podcast.